What was your first clue? Two broads at once. He wiped a rag across the bar. Ask me, that's trouble. To which I replied, man to man, nothing I can't handle. He laughed. He then nodded in Catherine's direction. Well, ask me, she's prettier than that other one. In the right light, in fact, Catherine looked not merely pretty, but beautiful in a way that is often described as angelic. I suppose this is why people are so surprised when she kneecaps them. She's the Antichrist, I informed him. He laughed. Why doesn't anybody take me seriously? I sipped my scotch and, through the bar mirror, kept one eye on Catherine at the table and the other on the ladies' room door. The lady in the latrine, Julie Dubois, and I were on our first date after three weeks of shameless flirting. I'm about forty. Julie's about thirty. A Ph.D. in English Lit, a professor at American University, learned, tenured, brilliant, blonde, blue-eyed, and, not that it matters, also quite attractive. I'd been looking forward to this date for a week. I really wanted to get Julie's take on Marcel Proust's persistent use of subordinate clauses, a literary mystery I can never seem to get out of my mind. And yes, Julie was having trouble believing that, too. But men who date women for their looks alone are pigs. But, to be sure I mentioned it, Julie has remarkable legs. The bartender broke the silence and, with a nod of his chin, informed me, Of course, that other one's a looker, too. That blonde, I mean. And she's smart also, I assured him. Uh-huh. Well, can't underrate that. Sure got nice legs. Another liberated male. I was about to ask for a refill before he wandered off, apparently to the jukebox, because a moment later Stephen Stills was belting out, Love the one you're with. This song is in every officer's club bar I've ever been in for some reason, and a pair of baby-faced lieutenants at the next table got into the spirit and began a slurred, off-kilter sing-along before a grumpy senior officer snapped at them and they shut up. Were we having fun or what? When I was a younger officer, officers' club bars were different. In some ways better, in other ways I suppose not. Strippers did the bump and grind on small stages, and enough cheap rot gut was guzzled to float the fleet, accompanied by enough cigarette and cigar smoke to fuel an artillery duel. Friday nights were command performances, wild bacchanalias with drunken lieutenants launching carrier landings on beer-drenched tables, and tipsy colonels gyrating on stages beside ladies wearing loincloths, nipple pasties, and come-hither smiles. Upstairs in the dining rooms, officers acting every inch the gentlemen shared sedate meals and polite conversation with their families. Downstairs, in the darkened bars, the barbarians ruled. No sign over the entrance read, Eat, drink, and make merry, for tomorrow you may die. Clearly, though, this was the animating spirit, and the army's upper ranks, who were too old to share in the festivities or too stodgy to want to, were surprisingly indifferent, or, I suppose, indulgent. But warrior tribes need their manhood rituals. The Greeks sacrificed animals to their gods. The Mayans tore out human hearts for their gods. The Indians took scalps for their squaws. All things considered, genuflecting before the porcelain gods and officers' club latrines was no big deal. 
and in a deadly serious profession where young men were forced to shoulder outsized responsibilities, officers' clubs were the last asylum where boys could be boys and more arthritic warriors could revert back to boys. No questions asked. The order to sexually integrate the force put an end to all that, of course. Female officers were not amused by drooling senior officers stuffing soggy dollar bills into G-strings, or, I suppose, by randy-besotted peers trying to stuff bills into their undies. Times change. Today officers' club bars are monuments to gentility where your priggish grandmother would feel right at home, or a slightly liberal academic with nice gams, as was my case that evening. And today's army has become a sexually homogenized, happily integrated force. Half a million brothers and sisters in arms.